Ladies and gentlemen, my friend from Maputo, Mozambique. Ultra, come on, give him. Somebody, church is very sweet. Tell somebody I love this church. I would like to be here every Sunday. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Bishop Jimmy, God bless you for creating such a unique church. A church where there's so much excitement, joy happiness, freedom to serve God and to, I don't know what word to use anymore, but I've been so blessed in there and I'm learning so much. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for yourselves. Amen. I can see that there are a lot of young people here and I enjoy preaching to young people. You are the future of this ministry. You are the future of this generation. And I tell you, God is going to use you mightily. Hallelujah. I believe that we are so blessed to have the wonderful pastor that God has given to us in this ministry. Pastor Jimmy is such a wonderful and amazing pastor. Very, very anointed. Amen. Nicodemus said, no man can do these things except the Lord be with him. You know, one of the signs that somebody is very anointed, all right, if he's able to gather young people like you. I'm telling you, young people are one of the most difficult groups to gather to serve God. So when I meet people who say, oh, your church is full of young people, you know, and it's like, it's almost like a sarcastic comment. I'm looking at someone who is not anointed. Because if you are anointed, I tell you, you will have a lot of young people around you. Amen. Because it is not easy to convert a young person. Because we have energy for foolish things. Energy to play the fool and to use our lives to play the fool. And for us to be affected in such a way that we like to spend our time in church jumping singing happy, it's an anointing Brother Jimmy you are really anointed God bless you for this great work hallelujah beautiful, it's just beautiful amen I also want to salute our mother Pastor Mercy last time I came she had not cut her hair but now as I've been around, I understand why she has cut her hair. Because, because of the young people, he doesn't want to miss out at all. When I go back, I'll go to tell my wife, you better shape your hair so that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's so beautiful. Pastor Messi, God bless you for the wonderful work and the support that you are giving to your husband to build this great ministry. God bless all the pastors who are here. I mean, since I, I, I mean, the last time I came was five years ago. I can see that most of the faces I saw are still around. It's a sign that you are very stable. God bless you for holding the hand of your prophet to build the ark of God. Amen. 
I tell you, many good things are going to happen in, uh, to happen to this ministry. All right. I also bring you greetings from my bishop, my father, Bishop Dakiwad Mills. Who is a very well-known person in this ministry. Hallelujah. Because your spiritual father is also an ardent follower of him. Hallelujah. And we thank God for his life and um, impact and the influence that he is bringing across the nations of the world. Hallelujah. And I believe that we are blessed in our generation to have a role model, to have somebody who has paved the way for young people like us to be interested in ministry and in serving God. Hallelujah. So we are grateful to God for such a wonderful gift, not only to Lighthouse Churches, but to the whole world. Because I tell you, I go to places and I see many ministries who are so, I mean, they are so affected by his ministry, by his preaching, his books, his materials, and all the things that he's doing. So we thank God for his life and I pray that one day you have the opportunity to shake hands with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hands and let's pray. Father, we want to bless you for today. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. To be ministering to your church and to your people. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. Thank you that Jesus, you are here to bless your people, to change them, to make them better people, to make them able ministers. Have your way and let your will be done through your mighty spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Jesus was speaking. You know, you must always take notice anytime Jesus was speaking. Alright? Because the words of Jesus is or are different from the words of Apostle Paul. Even though the words of Apostle Paul were also inspired by the Holy Spirit. But I tell you that if you can just even read and follow the words of Jesus. You'll be a very wise person. And you'll do so well as a Christian. And eventually, make it to heaven. You know, I enjoy the, the movie stars. Let's put our hands together for the movie stars. You know. Even without preaching, I think that you perform so well that we can go home and know that we came to church and we, we were taught about something. How many learned something from the movie stars? Beautiful. God bless all the movie stars. Amen. Keep performing. It's beautiful. So I was saying that the words of Jesus must be taking note carefully because Jesus Christ is God. He's God himself. And so when he speaks, we must not take his words for granted. Jesus said to them all, and he's saying to us all, if any man will come after me, right, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily 
and follow me. If any man asks your neighbor, are you any man? Then Jesus is talking to you. Ask your neighbor, do you want to come after Jesus? Do you want to follow Jesus? How many are followers of Jesus? I mean, if you are not a follower, there are some people there, they are not followers of Jesus. What are you doing here? Who are you following? How many are followers of Jesus? Beautiful. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is the qualification. Jesus said that you have to deny yourself. Mm? Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, this is the qualification. First, you have to deny yourself. You see, life is about you or others. Mm? Never forget what I'm saying. Life is about you or others. Now, a follower of Jesus, you cannot live for yourself. You have to live for others. That's why the first qualification is to deny yourself. So, either you live for self or you live for others. But if you are going to be a follower of Christ, you can't live for yourself. You have to live for others. The essence of living is to live for others. It's not to live for yourself. Amen. Thinking about others, working for others, serving others is the mysterious key of the blessings of God for your life. I have never seen anybody who has lived for himself who has ever been blessed. Even in the secular world, every millionaire is somebody who produces something for others. Anybody who has made it successfully did something that had to do with others. The person thought about others. One of the youngest, richest people that have ever come into this world is Manzukubek. He started off by thinking of how to connect people to their friends. His mind was not about money. His mind was not about others. How when people finish school and they, they finish college and they go to different places of the world, they lose contact with their friends. So he sat down and thought about something. What can I do to bring people together to make sure that people don't lose contact with their friends and their relatives? Then he created what is called Facebook and other people also followed the same thing. So even you can see that even in the natural, people who lived to serve others, to serve the interests of others, suddenly broke through and became icons in the world. And that is how God created us to be. But unfortunately, many people live for themselves and they don't become anything. 
Amen. David became a hero because he lived for others. The Bible says that when all the armies of Israel flee, David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who has come to defy the armies of God? He said, I will deal with this guy. Everybody ran away and disappeared. They were afraid to die. Everybody wanted to leave. But David said, I am prepared to die to serve the interest of the army of Israel. Even when King Saul said, thou are but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. To discourage him, David said, with all apology, you don't know me, let me give you my CV. This is my CV. If I show you my CV, you cannot deny me of this opportunity. He said, thy father kept his, thy, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there arose a lion and took one of the sheep and decided to run. Instead of me running away, I pursued after the lion. And when the lion turned, I took the, the little kid, the little lamb out of the mouth. And I heard the beard of the lion and I slew the lion with my bare hand. You see, this is somebody whose mind is not on himself. His mind is on others. Even his father's sheep, a sheep, he will not leave it for the lion. Because the income of the family. King Saul got up from his chair. He said, what are you saying? He said, I have not finished. Another time, another bear, a bear. Do you know what is a bear? <laughs> These two animals, pray that you never meet them in life. A bear also came and took one of my father's lamb and decided to run away. I went after the bear. And when the bear turned against me, I heard the bear by his beard and I slew the bear with my bare hands. King, this uncircumcised Philistine shall die like one of them. When he stood before Goliath, Goliath said, hey, small boy, come on, go home and find some chopped lambs to eat. Who sent you? He said, you are coming against me with a spear, a bow, and an arrow. But I am coming against you in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is saved. And through that name, I will bring you down to your knees. You know the rest of the story. Suddenly, David became a national hero. How did he become that? He thought about others. Others. This is your greatest key to climb higher in life. I'm telling you. And I'm happy that a lot of you are young. If you take this message seriously and live for others, and start denying yourself of your comfort, of your little privileges, and the different things and ambitions you have, but want to live for others, I tell you, you become a national hero. You'll be celebrated. I'm telling you, your life will never, ever be the same again. Oh, yes. One day an angel was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Three angels representing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And as they were passing through town, they remembered that they remembered that Abraham was somewhere around. So they met Abraham. Abraham brought them to his house. His wife was very hospitable, organized food for them, and everything. Just before they left the house, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17, come in. He said, Shall we hide anything from Abraham? Shall we hide? Genesis chapter 18, not 8. 18, verse 17. Genesis 18. I want to put a scripture there. Is it there? It's coming. Okay, be fast. Some people they didn't bring a Bible, so I want I want them to see. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Shall I hide? It's like God has secrets, but he's wondering whether he should hide the hid secret from Abraham. Can you imagine? Shall I hide? He's wondering. He's discussing. He's wondering. What am I about to do? Should I hide it from Abraham? And the reason why he was not prepared to hide it from Abraham is the next verse. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. The next verse is what I'm interested in. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. He said, I know that Abraham, he's not going to live for himself. The blessing that is going to come on Abraham, he's going to share it with others. Other nations will benefit from the blessings of God over his life. And for this reason, I want to associate myself with Abraham. I don't want to hide anything from Abraham. I want to be a friend to Abraham. Because Abraham is someone who is destined to live for others. God does not hide secrets from people who live for others. God is a friend for people who are not selfish. But they live to serve the interest of others. He said, I know Abraham. I know. I know him. I know his heart. He's not selfish. He's not self-centered. He's not looking for self-promotion. I know his heart is for others. I know that whatever God will give him, whatever blessing that will come upon his life, he will share it with others. I know Abraham. I know. For this reason, I don't want to hide anything from him. And I know that the commandments he has received, he will also share with his family. With his children, he will command. He will never keep anything for himself. Today, many people are keeping things for themselves. Including the gospel. People are keeping the gospel from others. I tell you, many people don't want to do anything for God. They have received so much, yet they are giving little or nothing. To help others. But my prayer for you is that you rise up and become like David. You rise up and become like Abraham. You will not live for yourself. That through you, others will be blessed. Through you, others will find salvation. 
Through you, others will know the way, the truth, and the life. Through you, many places that have been taken over by the enemy, you will take it back for Jesus. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. So, have a mind. You know, and you know, whatever I'm sharing with you is not new in this church. Because your father and myself, we are drinking from the, the same source. I'm only, I'm only adding on and re-emphasizing what he has been teaching you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm taking my time to talk to you because you are young people. And I'm taking my time. Yeah, I'm taking my time. And I'll take my time. Don't be confused with our titles and things because I'm just like you. I'm a young man. Yes, I'm almost 40, 50 years, but I'm a young man. But I'm a bishop. The bishop makes you think I'm old, but I'm not old at all. I mean, look at me. Do I look at an old man? Come on. <laughs> I was a young student like you. I went to university in 1999. And even though I went to universities to study, but I also knew that I was there for others. Yeah. So right from my first year in the university, I was into church work. I was a student. And at the same time, a worker in the church. I used to carry instruments on my head. I used to carry puppets from one place to the other. And my mates will be making fun of me. He said, look at him. You came to university and said you are carrying drums and carrying instruments. Making fun and mockery at some of us. They used to, you know, one day we were in a, in a class. One of our lecturers, he came and, you know, he had delayed in coming for the lectures. And I thought he, would not, he was not going to come. A class of about 230. So I decided to preach to my students, my mates. Oh, yes. You see, you people must be wild. You must be wild. So I stood in front of my, my mates. And I started preaching, preaching to them, preaching. They were all quiet. They were listening. And then suddenly the lecturer came. Then I stopped preaching. And he was surprised that I was using the time to preach to the, the people. So he started to make comments, funny comments about church and the fact that you people are here to study. And instead of you to study, you are doing church. Da, 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 da. We were there, Quiet. But I was determined to affect my group, my youth, my, youth, my, 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 my mates, and, and my friends, and everybody who had in contact with me. Yes. I used to pray six hours. First year in the university, I used to pray six hours every day. Yes, for four months. There was no single day I never prayed for six hours. Yes, you're a young person. If you can't pray, for many hours today, when can you pray? I used to pray two hours every morning, 4 a.m. I was awake. And I'll pray for two hours till six. Then in the afternoon, lunchtime, in between breaks, I'll go and do another two hours alone in the garden. Then in the evening, when we close from lectures around 6 p.m., I'll go and do another two hours. And what was I praying for? For money? For good academic work? No. I was praying, Lord, 
If you can use anything, choose me. Make me an instrument of righteousness. Make me a vessel of honor. Oh Lord, use me. Oh Lord, use me. Those are the prayers I used to pray. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you, Jesus. Make me a teacher, a preacher, an apostle to the nations, to my generation. That's what I used to pray about. By the time I was in the third year, the bishop had made me the pastor of our church in the university. A church of 500, 700 people. I pastored the church for two years. By the time I was finishing university, the two years, that single church had multiplied or more were added to it were now eight churches in the same university. Eight churches. By the time I was finishing, we had bought a land in a university. Today is the only university with a cathedral. We have a cathedral on the land. I was finishing school. I wasn't going to stay in campus. But my mind was on others. That if you can find a place to build a church so that the church will serve as a place for many generations to come when I'm dead and I'm gone. There'll be a place where young people, when they come to university, they don't have to struggle to find a meeting place. They don't have to struggle to find, they will find a place to worship God. Because my mind was on others. My bishop, my father, Bishop Dak, had taught me that I must live as a young person thinking about others. And by so doing, I will rise up and become great in life. Just like all the great people in the Bible. If you read about the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, you will see all of them, they live for others. They didn't do much, but they live for others. They didn't do many things, but they live for others. They lived for others. May you live for others. May your mind be on others. May you serve others. May you think about others. May you give your life for others. May you build for others. Say others. Yes. Others. So I'm expecting a lot of you young people here to give yourself to go to places. Places. And start centers by centers. Is that how you call it here? Scots. <laughs> Whatever you call it. <laughs> Fellowships in different places. Gather them on Sundays. Look, I can give you testimony upon testimonies. Sundays. Saturday and Sunday were my busiest days. Even before I went to university, I was 19 years old. Sunday, you see me, a young person. I was, I was, a, my first pastor was Prophet Kakrabedi. Anytime you see, you can ask him, he'll tell you. Every Sunday, you see me with a bus. Nobody gave me money for transport. I used to save my little money towards Saturday to bus students. I would go to hostels and I would gather them into a room. And I'll preach to them and I'll tell them on Saturdays. And I'll tell them tomorrow I'm bringing a bus to pick you to church. Yes. 
And early in the morning, I'll make arrangement with my bus driver. Go and gather them. Push all of them in the bus. And I will drive them all the way to church. All the way to church. There were days I would have nobody. And I said, no. I will not be called. Sometimes I will even come to church. And I have some things I'm not, comfort- I'm not comfortable. I said, I've heard so much. What else do I want to hear? I just must hear the gospel. I just must hear the message. Luke 443. Give me Luke 443. And he said to them, Jesus was speaking, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Because for this purpose, I have been sent. I must preach the gospel to other cities, other people. Other people must hear the message. I'm telling you, other people, look, you have a great pastor feeding you with powerful messages. You cannot keep them to yourself. Other people must hear the message also. That's what Jesus said. I must go. I must. I can't stay here. There are other people who need to hear this message. The message must be heard by other people. It must be heard by other people. What message? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. People must know about it. I'm the light of the world. He that followed me shall never stumble, stumble, but shall have the light of life. That message, it must be heard by others. People are stumbling and falling because they don't know that Jesus is the light of the world. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna and died. But he that eateth me shall have life. And life eternal. This message people must hear. Jesus said, I cannot be contained. There are people in places, in cities, in neighborhoods, in communities. They must hear this gospel also. They must hear. They must hear. They have to hear. For this reason I came. I didn't come for myself. I came to share what I've heard from my father. I came to distribute. Some of you, you must connect people to Pastor Jimmy's podcast intentionally. Yes. You should take your phone and and just WhatsApp. Instead of WhatsApping useless things on your WhatsApp, WhatsApp your pastor's message. Short, short videos. Go on his Facebook. He always put things on Facebook. Share it. It's part of the work. Distribute it. You must be interested to know what your pastor is saying. And want to take it and spread it everywhere. Your friends must hear your pastor's voice. Your family members must hear about your pastor's voice. People must hear. You must spread it. That's how to live as a Christian. The gospel must be preached in other cities. Others must hear. Others must know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They must know about crowns. People must know. Like what they acted very beautiful. Because when you die, nothing matters anymore. Except what you did for the Lord. In Revelation 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice. I heard a voice. From heaven saying, blessed are they that die in the Lord. 
Henceforth they shall rest from their labors. And their works shall follow them. Their works, what you did for God will follow you. Oh yes. Oh yes. Your shepherding work, spreading the good news, it will never ever go unrewarded. Even on earth here you shall be rewarded. How much more in heaven? How much more in heaven? In 1 Peter 5 verse 3, he said, feed, feed the flock of God. Feed the flock of God. Teach them. Teach them. Verse 2, go to verse 2 first. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Tell your neighbor, I am a feeder. Is it if you are here and you cannot share what your pastor preaches, then you are a disappointed Christian or a disappointing Christian? Yes. You should soak in the message of your pastor so much that anywhere you stand, you can reproduce that message to anybody. Yes. That's how to be a good preacher. That's how to be a good preacher. Amen. What I'm sharing is from my father's, my fa- these are my father's words. They are in me. I've eaten them and they are inside me. And I'm preaching it. Yes. There's nothing new under the sun. Are you here? You have gone home. Yes. Feed the flock. Feed the flock. Feed the flock. Feed the flock. Which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre. Not for money. Somebody will give you money to encourage you to do. Find money and bring people to church. Find money and go to places and preach to them and preach to people. Yes. Part of a ready mind. Verse 3. Neither has been lost over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. Four. And when the chief shepherd. You see, Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. When the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory which fadeth not away. A crown of glory. There will be crowns in heaven. I'm telling you. This is what is called the shepherd's crown. The shepherd's crown. That is why Jesus, Bible said, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. In Matthew 9, 36, why? Because they fainted and were like sheep scattered everywhere, scattered abroad like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. So he prayed to them. He told the disciples, he said, pray ye to the God of the harvest that he will send forth more shepherds, more laborers. We need more people to feed, to be feeders of God's people, God's flock. That's what Peter said. Feed the flock. Have people you are sharing the word of God with. How people that you are feeding them with the word of God. And your chief shepherd, Jesus Christ himself, who is the chief shepherd. Remember he said in John 10, 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he doesn't keep to himself. He giveth his life for the sheep. He lives for the sheep. He travels for the sheep. He goes to places for the sake of the sheep. He visits the sheep. He cares. He nurtures the sheep. That's a good shepherd. When you do this work of shepherding people, I tell you, 
Jesus will bless you on earth here. And as to when you get to heaven, oh, you'll be crowned with glory. Yes, many Christians will arrive in heaven crying and weeping. Yes. Yes. Save, but never did anything for God. Save, but live for themselves. Yes, like Methuselah. In Genesis 5, 27, the Bible says, and Methuselah lived for 969 years old and died. Hey, yes, and died. End of story. You will never be like Methuselah in Jesus' name. The oldest person to ever live on this earth never did anything for God. That's the only thing that was said about him. And Methuselah lived for 969 years and did what? And died. You will never die, I mean, as a useless person. Hallelujah. You will never be good for nothing in the name of Jesus. Jesus said you are the salt of the world. You preserve life. For your, for your staying on this earth, many lives will be preserved for eternity. Yes. Push your neighbor and say, you will never be like Methuselah. You had the opportunity to live for 969 years. And you did nothing. You live for yourself. Only giving birth to children. That's why his name in, is, is not in Hebrews chapter 11. The heroes of faith. His name is not there. Yeah. The Holy Ghost is interested in your life. Affecting others. Others need to hear the message. Amen. And you must have a mind that others have issues. Tell your neighbor, others have issues. Oh. You think that you have a problem. You don't have a problem. Your problem is tempera. It's a tempera problem. Bible says our light affliction, which is but for a moment. As a Christian, whatever you are going through is temporary. But there are people with permanent issues. They have eternal issues. When they die today, they are going straight to hell. That is the problem. That is the problem. Your, 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 your lack of accommodation, not having food for three to eat three times a day is not a problem. Not having a shoe to wear to church is not a problem. Even not having a beloved is not a problem. Or not married is not even a problem. Yes. That's not a problem. You will marry in the name of Jesus. Not having a car is not a problem because definitely you have a car in the name of Jesus. Bible says in his own time he made things beautiful. Yes. So stop thinking about your personal needs and rather begin to see the issues of people. Issues of eternity. There is a place, according to Mark chapter 9, verse 43 coming. There's a place called hell. And Jesus said that it is a place that it, it means removing your right eye so that you can avoid going to such a place. He said, brother, do it quickly. Chop it out. It's better to go to, to avoid such a place and go to heaven with only one eye or even with no eye than to go to a place called hell. 
where the fire is unquenchable and where the worm dieth not. Do you know what it means? You think it's a joke? It's not a joke. It's real. This is where some of your friends are going if they die today. I have friends who are in hell. Some of my hardcore sinners, friends, I mean, some of them are in hell. And I would have died and been in hell by now if somebody had not come to reach out to me. I tell you, there is a place called hell. It's a place that Jesus said, if it means chopping one of your arms, eh, so that you don't go there, better do it. Because it's a terrible place. It's a place where the fire is unquenchable. It's a place where the worm died not. Can you imagine, see the guy who was here and he was doing this and all that. I tell you, the best dancers of such act, they are all in here. Oh yes. You see that you are, you are burning and worms are also moving around your body. You see, you are there, you are doing this and not for two days or three days. For eternity. For eternity. This is the place God has saved you from. I said, this is the place that you have been saved from. You have no idea. And many of the people out there are going to such a place. Until you decide to deny yourself of your little comfort and go out there. Make some sacrifices. Take some steps and go to such places and reach out to people in different hostels, in different communities and gather them with the message of Christ and help to solve the issue of sin in their lives. That is taking them away to hell. I always remember a story of a family who were driving on a very lonely road. And as they were driving, they could see sign boss, you know, warning motorists, drivers to be very careful not to stop because there are a lot of hijacking activities. You know, sometimes you drive to a place and they, 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 they put signboards and say, be careful of hijackers and all that. So, as they were driving, it was raining heavily. Then suddenly there was this man standing by the road. They could see him afar off. And was, he had removed his shirt. And he was waving, waving to stop the car. As this man was driving with his wife and three children behind him, he was wondering, should I stop? Should I not stop? And he started slowing down. And then the wife kept telling him, honey, you cannot stop. This is a very dangerous place. Don't stop. This is a hijacker. He's a criminal. He's a thief. He wants to hijack us. He wants to kill us. But as he was showing that the man had come to stand in the middle of the road and he was doing this and he was opening he was shouting but they couldn't hear because it was raining they couldn't hear what he was saying and he didn't want to stop but finally the man decided to stop so he stopped then he wrote down his window and the man came he was talking but he couldn't hear because it was raining heavily so he came out of the car the wife was screaming and he don't do that don't come out of the car it's dangerous you are bringing you are bringing death to all of us but the man came out of the car. Then he went to him. So what's the problem? He said, the bridge is out. The bridge. 
There was a bridge just by the corner. It's like you just turn like that. The bridge is gone. It has been flooded away. And the man was heading straight with his wife and three children into the, into the water. And he escaped, but he lost his motto. So instead of sitting somewhere crying over his lost car that had been flooded away by the water, he decided to stand in the midst of the road and save others. Stood in the middle of the road with his, with his clothes, waving, waving, shouting, the bridge is out. Stop, stop, stop. The bridge is out. So when this man also saw it, he took his clothes. He stood in the middle of the road. And as other cars were coming, he was shouting, Stop! Stop! Slow down! Stop! The bridge is out! The bridge is out. We need people who will stand on the road to hell and say, Hey! Stop! Hell is just up by the corner. You can't continue. There is a way that seemed right in the eyes of men. But the end thereof is the way of death. It's the way of destruction. Babu says, broad is the way. Broad is the way. Broad is the way. That leads to destruction. And there are many that are on that way. Who are the people who give themselves and stand in the middle of that road and wave and wave a red flag Please slow down. Don't go any further. Don't continue to live this life of sin. You're almost in hell. You're about to destroy your life. Come on. You can't continue any further. Who are these people? You are the people that God is calling you. You are the people. You see, you have made a stop. You have saved your life because somebody waved a red flag. Somebody waved a red flag. Tell somebody others have issues, and their issues are eternal issues. Stop worrying yourself with this, your little problem. Come on. In Mark 4:35, Bible says, And when the evening was come, he said to the disciples, 35, not 25. He said to them, Let us pass over to the other side. Let us do what? Pass over. He has been in one place preaching, teaching them about the sower, the parable of the sower. Talking to them for a long time. You might have thought that it's evening time Jesus was going to rest. He said no. Let us, let us cross, let us cross, let us pass over onto the other side. So they entered into the ship. He himself went into the innermost part of the ship, got a pillow, and desired to rest. But Bible says, as they were going, there arose a great storm, and their lives were now in jeopardy. The waters came and filled the boat. Then they ran to Jesus, and I woke him, saying, Master, carest not thou that we perish? Don't you care? That we are, we are dying. If you die, you are going to heaven. Don't be afraid to die. 
of such a storm? Can't you see our situation? Can't you see where we are about to perish? Jesus went and rebuked the storm. But he asked them, why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? Why? Why are you afraid? You have little faith. Why are you afraid? I'm with you in the boat. I've promised you that I'll be with you. I've promised you that I'm with you. If I be with you, who can be against you? Why are you worried about, about your little problem? Why are, you, why are you worried about perishing? You will not perish. Tell you never, you will not perish. You see, this is the reason why people don't care about others. They are afraid. You are afraid I will never marry. I'm afraid I will never buy a car. I'm afraid I will be poor. I'll be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is with you. God will be with you. God will help you. God will calm the storms of your life. Yes. Why would Jesus risk his life and the life of these people to travel in the middle of the night through a storm? Because there was a madman somewhere. There was a soul. There was somebody who had over 6,000 legions. There was someone who was destined to be an evangelist. Someone who was destined for greatness. But the enemy has taken hold of him. And Jesus was thinking about him. Jesus' mind was on this person. And for him, it didn't matter if they had to go through a storm. Like the song we're singing. We are going heaven knows we are going. We know we will. We People don't know. It's a good song to learn. Heaven knows how we will get. We know we will. It will be hard. We know. And the road will be muddy and rough. But we'll. the song Jesus was singing. There'll be storms. There'll be difficulties. There'll be financial challenges. But we are not going to give up. We will surely get there because Jesus is with us in the boat. Jesus is right here with us. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. Why are you afraid? That's the question he asked them. Why are you afraid? Why are you so fearful? Don't you have faith? Why are you thinking of what to eat? What to wear? Why are you thinking about life? I am the life. I am the life. But over there, there was a madman. We call him the madman of Gadara. He was cutting himself with stones. Day and night, he was cutting himself with stones. Crying, weeping, bleeding. He had his dwellings in tombs and in mountains. No man could, could go. It's, it's, it's Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5. It continues. No man could tame him. No, not with fetters. When he saw Jesus, he, he was, he had a form of godly. He came and worshipped him. And to cut a story short, the Bible says, Jesus dealt with the evil spirit. He asked them, what is your name? He said, we are legion. 
We are a group of regimented soldiers armed who have possessed this man. We are about 6,000 over 6,000 of us living in him. Jesus rebuked them and sent them out of the man. The Bible says somebody was feeding pigs. The demons entered into the pigs. The pigs said, hey, we prefer to die. We prefer to die than to live and to have you people living in us. So they all committed suicide. They all went to the sea and got drowned. I'm telling you. You have... You, don't talk about your issues, please. God has saved you. Even if you never drive a car, it's enough. You die, you go to heaven, go and enjoy. Oh yes, it's enough. You are perishing. Jesus, carry not that we perish. There's someone who is perishing. There's a real person who is perishing. He's not, with, he's not here. He's not in the church. He's not in the boat with us. He's bound. He's out there. He's cutting himself with stones. People are smoking their lives away. They are sniffing weed and marijuana and, and cocaine and heroin. They injected themselves with one substances. They are addicted. They are cutting themselves. They are crying. They are weeping. Yet they can't stop. Those are the people who are perishing. They are standing by the road selling their bodies 500 shillings for a night those are the ones perishing I said those are the ones perishing so Jesus said let us go to the other side because he was thinking about this man he could see it in the realms of the spirit he could see that there was somebody who needed help he had a serious issue when he dealt with the man, the Bible says, when they came, in verse 50, when they came and saw this man, clothed, sitting, and was in his right mind, in his right mind, they marveled. They were afraid. They were shocked. They couldn't believe that such a wasted soul could be saved and could be normal again. They couldn't believe. There are people who cannot sit in one place. Even sometimes when they come to hear you are preaching, you see that they are always getting up. They are all demonic influence. There are people who wake up in the morning, they are aimless. They go to everywhere. They can't sit in one place. They can't settle in life. These are problems. You are sitting in the church and you say that you, you are perishing. Do you understand the word perishing? That's why Jesus rebuked them. So why are you afraid? You have little faith. Your faith is very little if you have to live your life thinking only about yourself. You have little faith. But I see God increasing your faith. From today, you have an eye for others. You will not think about your problems. Look, your problems will be solved. I am telling you, believe me. Believe me. Believe me. In 2006, eh, I've been on the mission field for 11 months alone, planting the church, learning Portuguese language, struggling. I didn't know anybody in that country. I didn't even know where Mozambique was on the map of Ghana, uh, in Africa. (laughs) 
pardon me. Bishop said, you are going, he was in South Africa when he sent me a message. You are going to Mozambique. I said, yes, daddy. That's it. I went in. Straight to the internet. Where is Mozambique on the map of Africa? Where is it? East, west, north, south. Where? They say south. I went and searched further. Hey, Africa, we know how to sell ourselves. So. Nothing good was said about the country. Life expectancy, 38 for male, 37 for females. Flood in Mozambique every year. These thousands of number of people die. This, that, that, that. A woman was even gave birth on a tree. Hey. I said, what country is this? Language. Portuguese. Only Portuguese. And other local languages. I said, wow. Population. 25 million. I said, 25 million. Christianity. Single percent. I said, no, 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 no. I will go there. I would like to go to such a place. I would like to go and live my life there. I'm prepared to go. And I went. My wife was three months pregnant. And I left her. She came after 11 months. And when she came, she was holding my baby. And the first time I held a baby. At the airport. As my little boy was growing up. I was wondering which school would my child go to. Because the education system was very low there. And the few good schools are for expatriates. English schools. You pay a school fees of $300 a month. So, I used to wonder how would my child go to school? So, one day I took my wife, Pastor Jimmy. We went to a place by the beach, a garden. And I said, Annie, we need to pray about this. It's time for our child to go to school. But we don't have money. And we, but let's pray. So I gave the prayer topic. As I walked away from my wife, I heard the voice. Don't waste your time. Don't pray about this. Pray about my work. Pray about the church. Pray about the souls. Pray about what the reason why you are here. Don't waste your time. I will take care of it. I will take care of it. I will take care of it. Don't waste your time. So I called her back. I said, Annie, sorry. We are not praying about this. Let's pray for more libres. According to Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, the harvest is plenteous, but the libres are few. Pray ye to the Lord of the harvest that you will send forth more libres. So now we are praying for libres. We are praying for singers. We are praying for financial libres. We are praying for shepherds. We are praying for ashes. We are praying for different groups of people. Come on, let's begin to pray. Shandarabo Shakarabanda. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, send forth libres, send forth singers, instrumentalists. Gather them from the east, the south, and the north of Maputo. Bring them from everywhere. Oh, I need a keyboardist, Lord. If you can send me a keyboardist, Lord, I'll be grateful. Lord, I need a singer. I need somebody who can sing a song in a church. I need somebody who can raise a choir. Now my prayer change. Oh, yes. Yes. Bible said when Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord turned away his captivity when he prayed for his friends. And God gave him twice as much as he had before. When did he, when he prayed for his friends, not when he prayed for himself. When it was time for my son to go to school, the Lord gave. The story is just interesting. 
We went to a school, a Christian school, a missionary school from America, run by white American missionaries. Went to them, so we are missionary. We want our child to come and study here, but we don't have money. To cut the story short, they, they gave a scholarship to my son. They found an organization from Canada to sponsor my child from grade one till he finishes high school. That school, their school fees alone is $600 a month. I don't pay a dime. When my second child was born and she was also growing up, and it was time for her to go to school. I went to these same people. They said, no problem. We also give her a scholarship. Yeah. Now, two of them, in a year, people have never met before, and I may never meet them till Jesus come. They paid their school fees. $6,000 for my daughter, $6,000 for my son. He has said he will never leave you nor forsake you. I went back to the school. They said, don't worry. This one too will take care of it. (laughs) Pastor Jimmy, as I'm here, I don't pay school fees. In a year, the three of them is almost $20,000. Because of that, two million shillings. Because of that, my wife wants to have more babies. I told her, I said, be content. Hey, tell somebody, God will provide. I said, God will provide for you. The Bible says the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. Deny yourself. Give yourself to this glorious work. Labor fervently in the house of the Lord. Let your mind be on others. And God will take care of you. Beyond your widest imagination. He will take care of you. I'm telling you. Yes. That's what Jesus said to the disciples. Don't think of what to eat, what to wear, what to drink. You have little faith. All these things, the Gentiles seek the word. All believers, that's what they live for. But you, as a child of God, seek ye, seek ye the kingdom. Seek ye God and the kingdom, his kingdom first. of others. I'm going to carry the message of Jesus to others. Shout, Lord, use me for others. Come on, stand to your feet and clap for Jesus. Lift up your hands and begin to pray in the spirit and whatever you have heard and you want to pray about it, pray right now. Talk to God right now in the name of Jesus. Father, 
God will have a reason to bless you, to honor you, to lift you higher, to make you great. As you live your life for others, all the men who wanted to build the Tower of Babel, they wanted to make a name for themselves. And God scattered them for you, Lord. We don't even know their names. For you, Lord. But Abraham, whose mind was on others, God said, I'll make you great. I see God making you great as you think about others, as you live your life to serve others. God will make you great. God will increase your greatness as you set your mind to think about others, to solve the issues of others, to help others. Others have problems, others have eternal problems. Others are perishing. They are cutting themselves with stones. They are crying day and night. Others have their dwellings on the streets, in the mountains, in lonely places. I want to die to serve. Oh, yes. I want to die to serve. I want to die to serve. I deny myself. Oh, yes. Even if it means I have to perish, I am ready, I am available to go anywhere for your glory and for your honor to save the souls of men. For this reason, you came that this gospel must be preached in other cities, in other places. Praise the Lord. I am available for you. I'm available for you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's sing this song. Where's my darling? Go, therefore, teach all nations. Go. Close your eyes. Jesus is here to minister to you. Go. Put a song on the screen. Go.
for young people, people who one day want to serve God. We want God to use you to go somewhere that God will use you. Come. And I went forward. And he laid his hands on me. I was 19 years old. I said, Lord, use him. One day may he be a missionary. Six years after, I finished university and I was on the mission field. Today on Sunday, we have about 2,500 people. And 43 churches. We are building two cathedrals besides our main cathedral there. And we are doing 12 of that. There are some of you here. I tell you. I was telling Pastor Jimmy. I said, Pastor Jimmy. Is there a reason why you have not added international to your church? He said, we are going to add it. Because I was praying when the Lord said to me, this church you are going to preach is going to be an international ministry. There are some of you here, you'll be a missionary to Tanzania. You'll go and plant a branch of this church. A mega church. Yes. Some of you will be missionaries to Uganda from here. From here, Rungata, Rungai. From here. Like I was sent from Kolegono to Mozambique. You'll be sent from here. It's just a matter of time. Amen. In five years, you'll be an able minister. Amen. You'll go in the spirit of your pastor. Amen. And anointed on him, you'll go and produce the same great work in Uganda, in Tanzania, in all the neighboring countries. Europe and America in other parts of the world. Because the commission is to go to all nations. Not to one nation. You are here, you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want God to use me one day. I want to be one of the people that one day will have the privilege and the opportunity to go out. To go out. To be sent. To be a missionary. To be a church planter. To be an apostle. Come forward, I want to pray for you quickly. Sing it, my dear. Come on. If you are 30 years and below, teach all nations go.
for the love of Christ constraining us. It's the love of God that will take you to start a church somewhere, to go somewhere, to preach somewhere, to live for others, to preach to others, to solve the issues of others. It's the love of Christ. May that love consume you. May that love constrain you. Have 
even eternal desires. The Bible says, if we then are risen together with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your affections on the things above and not on the things of this earth. I change your affections from today. You may finish university, but you you don't have any affection for the secular world. Your affection will be to be used by God. Oh, Father, thank you. See this young man. It's on you. <laughs> you will be used. Receive it. You will be used. You think God cannot use you? Who will use you? He has called you. He will be faithful to you. Jesus. Change him. Change him. Change him. Transform her life. Transform her life. Receive it. Receive it. Grace is the grace of God. The grace of God. <laughs> Look at anointing on you. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hariando, Sika. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Marun de Rikatayaka. Shikara. Pasi. Moruti me. Biluli be. Receive it. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours.
up for Jesus. Hallelujah. People, I think myself, how many of you were not here for the second service? Give me a wave. You were not here for a second service? All right, beautiful. Now, at the second service, I gave some people a special envelope to sow a special seed to help with the construction, the work we are doing. You know, I believe with all my heart that if I don't give you the opportunity to do that whilst I am here, I would have taken a great opportunity and a privilege from you. You know, some years ago, I was praying alone on campus as a student. And a being appeared to me. I've been praying the whole night. I was having a personal night on a basketball court. And I slept. But whilst in my sleep, I, somebody, like a real human being, was sitting by me. And he was talking to me. I couldn't open my eyes. But I could feel his presence. And he said many things. Among the many things he told me, he said, you'll be an agent of prosperity. When I was going to Mozambique, Mozambique was the poorest country in the whole world. One. They were at the bottom. Today, if you go and Google right now, 10 most poorest country in the world, Mozambique is number seven. We have risen up a bit. But if you see what God has done in our ministry in Mozambique, you can't smell poverty. Yes, millions of dollars. And we are doing even higher things to prove to me that what I had, that experience I had, it was not a coincidence. It's real. There's a grace of prosperity on me. And I want to impart it on your life. By giving opportunity to sow a seed. Not for me, but for your church. Amen? So give me an envelope to do that quickly. Quickly. Our, our second, third, fourth service is already due, but we are blessed to be here. Are you blessed to be here? Yeah. Father, I've not forgotten your covenant. You said I'll be an agent of prosperity. I pray that bless your children as they give by faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to give an envelope to somebody who was not here. Some people were here, they've taken envelopes already, but those of you who were not here in the second service, I want you to take, give if you can give an offering of 50,000, 30,000. 20,000 or 10,000 shillings. Come all the way and take an envelope from my hands. Quickly. If you can give 50,000, 30,000, 20,000, 10,000. Come and take. No, let it take from me. Yes. Or 5,000. 